Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, seekers. Welcome, mystics and new keepers of the flame. You've tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish promote and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. You know, we often <laughs> talk about the, the calling and we've had many shows that have been titled that or something similar. And one of the statements that we've heard many times spoken is, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, I always want to ask that question, who does the calling and who does the choosing? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully God does the calling. Yeah. And... <clears throat> Well, maybe we should back up a little bit here on this. You <laughs> oh, know, I wanted to jump right in on that. <laughs> God does call people. I mean, it's very obvious. And it's a reminder um, that we have pledged to do something, that we have a mission, we have a divine plan in this life, and we need to get going for it. And I think everyone knows that quote from the Bible, I think, but you could also look at it this way. Many are called, but few choose to be. Yeah. And I think that's... That's the, the really the crucial thing here. It's not so much um, that there's few chosen, but it's really the reality of those that are chosen. I had, do receive a call. Um, some reason somehow get lost or for whatever reason do not pursue uh, the path that, that is their divine plan for that life. You know, it's interesting when you think about the choosing part, and it is very personal. It's our personal free will choice. But a lot of times that statement seems to make us feel as if there's some other person or some other entity or some other energy doing the choosing. And we're wondering, did I make it? Did I, did I make the cut? You know, I want to know. But we, cho- we choose to make the cut. Well, it would be, wouldn't it be the God, the God self? In other words, that, that presence of God within us that is, that is consistent with God Almighty that is giving us, you know, what comes to mind is the three knocks on the door, you know, and we're getting those through the Holy Christ self. And we can reject that, you know, each time we hear and then we're left alone. But I, th- I think the yes, no is in our consciousness. I mean, it's in our uh, ability, ability and willingness to make that choice. Yeah. And, and to accept it as, as God's will for your life, because it's not always something maybe on the outer you would choose to do. But other people feel the calling and they're, they're motivated to be a seeker, a spiritual seeker. You know, there's something out there. I know there's more than what we've been taught, and I've got to find it because, it, you know, it has something to do with my life. I don't know what it is, but I know this is what I need to do. And I think that's, uh, you know, some people may get, have a very specific calling, um, but others, I think that's probably more what it looks like, you know, that inward prompting. And the danger comes is when we deny that, either to please others or just because it's too much effort. And so uh, hearing the call and answering it, it's a two-part process, and it only works with both <laughs> parts. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, you know, Terry, you brought up the three knocks. Mm-hmm. How many times have we been called? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that it's probably a safe bet that we've been called many times in many lifetimes. Whether or not we've been prepared to answer the call at the moment or not, here we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think, you know, it, it, in this hour, as we've talked about, it's the end of the age, uh, beginning of Aquarius. It's the end of a 25,000-year cycle on planet Earth. Um, I mean, you know, the rents come and due at this <laughs> point, so to speak. And it's, it's good in the sense that because the, the situation in the world is so dire, unless we totally drown out the, the pain of the world, we have to look around and say, Something needs to be done, and it's not a human solution that's going to affect this world. It's only a God solution that's going to turn things around. And so where does a God solution begin? It begins with each one of us and our spiritual path and positioning ourselves to be in service to our God. I mean, George Washington, he had tremendous attainment. He came in with the mission to what he needed to do. But if he didn't position himself where he did... It never would have transpired. Yeah, and that wasn't pride. That was that was a, a, a divine um, ambition, if you will, to be where you're supposed to be at the right time to fulfill God's purposes and your purposes, which you've been given for that life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are many different ways of being called, and many different ways of answering the call. A lot of times, I think it comes down to what you're maybe referring to with George Washington, which is service. 
yeah. service to life, service to the light. Is that is that a safe generality to make that the calling that we are getting is the call to serve the light? Well, yes, to serve the light. But don't forget, the first call is always your own spiritual path. Because if we don't reach a certain level of attainment and the ability to hold light, then whatever God has called for us to do uh, could be compromised. And, you know, not everyone's called to glamour. (laughs) Not everyone's called to be famous. Just look at at us. Yeah, you know. (laughs) 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 Where was I? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, what I'm saying is sometimes we're called for mundane things. I mean, look at Mother Teresa. What she did on a daily basis was mundane. Mm -hmm. But she changed the planet and the people's attitude. And so, you know, you, your calling could be to be a teacher, to work with children. That could be your divine plan. But the most important thing, you, unless you progress spiritually, you can't maximize your service to God. In other words, we are the greatest use to God when we have carried the most light in harmony in our auras. And we have surrendered that of our human and have started to put on our Christ self. That's when we can be of real service to God. Yeah. It's holding that light. Everything is an equation of light and darkness. Why does a plane crash? Well, you could say it's mechanical or this or that, and that's a factor. But Mrs. Prophet taught that a plane crashes when the darkness was greater than the light. The light could hold up the plane, so to speak. And when the darkness was too much, either a karmic darkness or something else, the plane would go down. So on planet Earth, it's an equation of light and darkness. And what God needs on the planet right now is more light. How does light come? It's by the ability of individuals to hold that light in their auras, in their beings, in harmony. And that's opens the door to every other service on this planet. Yeah. Do we make karma by failing to answer the call? <laughs> That's one of those self-answering questions, isn't it? <laughs> of course we do. Yeah. And, you know, that's the tragedy because what happens is, you know, people will try to get distracted. They'll try, the fallen angels will try and distract people from their path. Or they'll flow up doubt, you know, in someone's mind. And, you know, people say, well, I better go the safe way. I better go to the Baptist church, you know, because that's safe. Well, it's safe from a cultural point of view, but it may not be your divine plan. Yeah. And I think what uh, is important is the ability to recognize where we find the truth. Because, for instance, if you look at our organization, I mean, it's made up of human beings, you know, and we make a lot of mistakes, you know. We're not that different from other people, you know. And so if you could say, well, I can't be part of that because look at all the mistakes that Tom or Sid or Terry make. Well, that's part of the human experience. But if you see the light and realize that it's greater than us, that the truth is greater, the organization may not be perfect, but the light that has been brought forth through these messengers and these teachings is perfect, and the path is perfect if we choose to follow it. (laughs) Choosing, it always comes back to that, doesn't it? It does, because of free will. Mm -hmm. And as we'll hear today in this lecture excerpt, you know, even the fallen angels have free will, and God doesn't stop them from exercising that free no, will. No, for sure. Ultimately, they're going to pay the price for that, but everyone has free will. You know, there's a, a church uh, I found out about not too far from where I live, and they believe in, and it's a big church, too. It's not a small one. They believe in predestination. They they believe that they're destined to be saved. They were chosen before they came they were born to be saved. And I don't know where that free will works into that perspective. <laughs> but, you know, we're destined to become the Christ. But if we don't do something about it, you know, we're not going to get there. Yeah. So that's where we're choosing. So doing something every day. Well, how do I choose? It's by seeking the light when you find it to pursue it. And doing something every day in terms of the path of the Ascended Masters, reading a pearl, giving some simple decrees, doing a rosary to Mother Mary. But do something every day to forward your path. Because each day, you know, in the Bible, choose this day whom you will serve. And that's what we face every day. Are we going to serve our human consciousness, our carnal mind, or are we going to serve God? Now, we know Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. You know, we go to work. I worked for a very long time in the banking industry to, to pay my bills and make bread. So you do render unto Caesar at that level. But don't render unto Caesar at the level of your soul and your being. Render that unto God. And you know what occurs to me is it starts really early in life. It, there's that there's that still small voice within, mm-hmm. you know, and with a, within a child, they know they know what is right and wrong. They can make a decision to be right or to be wrong, to be sarcastic, to be 
you know, mischievous or one thing and another. And so the more of those right choices that are made when you've got that little why in the road every every moment of every day, even starting as a child, that gives you a momentum. And so as that momentum develops, then then later on you get the 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 next knock on the door and the challenges. Yeah, the challenges. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it's a good idea to give them a good example. Yeah. Don't just let them kind of do it on their own. Yeah. Be their guide. Be their be the lawgiver. Yeah. So you qualify, so to speak, and yeah. at, at some level you say, God, test me again because I've I've tried to do the right thing through my through my youth. You know. Uh, show, <laughs> yeah. show me where to go now. You know? Yeah, indeed. Well, you know, you mentioned this lecture we're going to be hearing shortly. Let's take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to listen to the first of two excerpts from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, all about the calling and the wisdom of responding quickly when the masters come knocking. Don't go away. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us. Today on The Open Door, we're talking about the calling. And we've heard the phrase said many times, many are called, but few are chosen. And one of the points we made in the previous segment was that the calling is not always a sudden thing, but probably the culmination of a long journey. And when the calling comes, it's important to realize that we have probably been building a momentum of light for a very long time that has prepared us for this moment. Here's more. This lesson on discipleship is entitled, The Calling. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It is addressed to the quick who respond without reservation. I would like to make a comment about the quick who respond without reservation. Those who respond to the call of the Lord, come and follow me, must have reserves, light reserves, an ancient history of commitment to the brotherhood, 
and inner alignment with the will of God so that when the call comes, the entire momentum of one's life and heart is already hitched to this wagon, to this chariot of Elisha and Elijah. To be able to respond immediately and to have it count for grace means that the whole momentum of one's being must be tied to the service of God. Whereas, if it is a response of being impetuous, superficially saying to oneself, I guess I'll go this way and see what's in it for me. I guess I'll follow that one and get a little bit of light in my cup. Those who seek advantage and actually have a temperament which is political in nature. Playing politics means being on the right side at the right time for the best advantage and sometimes not always in defense of the highest and the noblest cause. Most often politicking is defense of oneself and one's ego. So people can be political without being in politics. They can be political animals, which means they are always vying for the best position and strategy of the human ego. Of course, they don't win in the end, but they seem to get along quite well in the middle. And so you must realize that when you have reserves of light because you have built a momentum waiting for the moment of the call, listening from Maitreya for a thousand years and more, then you know that your instantaneous and quick response is based upon a pyramid that is building. If it takes you a little bit longer, then take a little bit longer. What is important is that every decision be made thoroughly by the digestion of the heart, the heart's assimilation of light, and not simply because one says, to be on the right side of God, I better do what so-and-so says or so-and-so says. So the heart, in order to be on the right side of God, must be purified. And the way that the heart is purified is on the quest for the Holy Grail. It's on the path that we see was taught by beloved El Moria and Saint Germain as King Arthur and Merlin. Because on the quest for the highest chalice of identity, one must slay the beasts, defeat the dragons, cast down the giants, and arrive at that place where one has the fervor and the fire because one has fought and fought well on the battlefield of life. So the heart's integration is so important and fighting in our walk in this hour means working hard for the cause to which we are set. We defeat the dragons and slay them and bind the giants by the power of the pen and the mighty sacred word that is our sword. And the pen and the preaching of the word, the power that Sana Kumara gives to us, El Moria accelerates its second level, Enoch comes to sponsor, that acceleration of the word does defeat in the same manner that it is spoken of the two witnesses, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and it devoureth their enemies. And Maitreya comes as the faithful and true with a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. So the fire is the sacred fire, all-consuming. The sword cleaves asunder the real from the unreal. And therefore, only when there is that separation can the unreal be judged and bound. And this is why the great divine director has said again and again, we must not seek to have any other means for the elimination of the tares from among the wheat except by transmutation, except by the violet flame. The violet flame transmute until there is nothing left but that which the human will has retained. You realize that God as the Holy Ghost, God as the violet flame, or God as the Guru cannot take from you that which you do not desire to have taken. Even unbeknownst to yourself, locked in the subconscious may be the desire to retain some portion of the anti-self. The fire will burn around it. It will not consume that which you have held to yourself. So you'll find in some situations where individuals hang on to that not-self, that it is as though 
The tree were burned away, but the core remains, and the charred core stands on the hillside, as that which would not give in to the fire, that which the fire would not agree to consume. This is a very amazing process. It can be seen. And we find that no amount of decrees or support by ourselves, by the Ascended Masters or the Holy Angels, can deliver an individual from that which he does not desire to surrender to Almighty God. And it is a tremendous safety valve, if you will, for you to realize that neither I, nor the Ascended Masters, nor any living thing or person by cosmic law can take from the individual within this activity or this organization that which he himself will not put on the altar. The omnipotence of Almighty God does not cancel out one iota of an individual's infamy or betrayal or rebellion. The only way it can be canceled out is self-agreement with the Divine Self until the last and final great day when God himself will seize all identity that is opposed to the Divine One. God is the mighty action of the sacred fire. Therefore, even in the judgment call, it is God who must dispose of that call. It is always submitted to the will of God. And you must realize that the reason the judgment call is repeated day upon day is because when it is given for a certain individual, the judgment is based on an individual's words and his works. This is why the judgment call is given many times for situations and individuals because they have a long list of incarnations. Some may have many good works, some may have bad works, and our acceleration of the judgment means that we are calling for the planet and for people embodied here that activity whereby their sins are sent beforehand to judgment. And they are judged for this and that and the next manifestation. And in the process of the judgment, that particular situation has the mighty sword cleave through it for the real and the unreal, and the individual then must bear the weight of the karma of that incidence according to the decision of Jesus, Maitreya, Gautama, Sanat Kumara, the four and twenty elders, and so forth. And so the law is profoundly and ultimately merciful. In experiencing a judgment, we have seen ourselves how many people are humbled. We have seen that when suddenly people have come upon themselves a severe illness, a death in the family, the loss of a business, some traumatic experience, and they realize their helplessness against their fate, quote, against their karma, they begin to think about God, Perhaps the first time in their entire life they address a prayer to him. And perhaps there is born in their hearts the desire to do some good for someone somewhere. Not a bad goal. <laughs> you know, one of the things that's pretty clear here, we need to probably expand on the idea of judgment. Let's save that for the last segment because I think it's going to require a bit more conversation. Okay. One of the things that also came up in this is that when you decide finally to answer the call, it's pretty clear that you're going to need to put a few things on the altar. There may, there may be some sacrifice involved. Is that a fair well, statement? Well, I think we have to understand that we have to embrace God's will. And, well, say people will say, I don't always know what God's will is. And that's true. And that's why we pray and ask direction. Sometimes God makes his will known through events. And, you know, for instance, we can't have one foot in the world and one foot, uh, one foot in heaven and one foot on the earth. Now, obviously, there are things we do on the earth to survive. We got to go to the grocery store. Uh, we got to work. We got to earn our daily bread and so forth. But what I'm, what I'm saying here is we can't be of the world uh, in terms right. of their vibration of what they follow. Now, that doesn't mean that suddenly, you know, you put on a hair shirt and go around and say, <laughs> woe unto you and, and so forth because you're following the word. I mean, you have, this, this is a process. Mm -hmm. We begin somewhere. And you know what? Some of it is surrender, and God does not require you to surrender everything all at once. He only wants you to surrender those, surrender those things you are ready to surrender. You know, so that's the mercy of God. And, you know, we determine how fast we go on the path. It's not God. God's ready to do it any time yeah. to take us higher. But we determine that. And if you need to take a longer bit to surrender something, 
then do it. But yeah. keep working and keep striving. And we don't have time. I have a quick story related to that. Maybe we can do it in another in the next segment. But it's it's an understanding that if you're going to pursue God, we do have to play by his rules. Yeah. Um, we can't make our own rules. And they're good rules because they work. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, the, the, the process that we're talking about in part is the conversion process. And I've always had this image in my mind of the conversion is when you turn around and come back. Exactly. You start the journey home. You start the journey home. And, you know, you don't accelerate to 1,000 miles an hour the first step. It takes every step. It takes, is there a challenge and work? And, um, you know, you take it one day at a time. And that's what's beautiful about God. But we can move faster if we want. uh, (laughs) And we're able. But answering the call is where it begins. We're going to take a short break now. When we come back, we'll hear more about the conversion. So please stay with us. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Today, again, we're talking about the calling. And with the calling comes responsibility, uh, accountability. And we can no longer simply stand on the sidelines when we encounter evil or darkness. We must be prepared to challenge it. Here's more. So we always say, as God says, while there is breath, there is life. While there is life, there is hope. And the hope is that of the turning around, the encounter with Christ, the conversion, the mighty conversion of the Holy Spirit in the consciousness of the New Jerusalem, which is a wonderful teaching from the Holy Spirit that you can continue to partake of as you learn the path of discipleship. That conversion, that turning around of worlds can happen to anyone, anywhere, And because we are not the judge, but Almighty God and His Christ is the judge, we constantly summon the power of the Word to preach the truth to individuals. Following the edict of the prophets who have told us, if we see the evildoer and we rebuke him not, if we charge him not to cease and desist from his evil ways, 
and he die and he receive the punishment thereof, the guilt will be upon us because we did not admonish him. And if we see a righteous man and he makes a mistake and we do not admonish him, then the guilt for his unrighteousness is also upon us. This is a very heavy charge which the Lord lays upon our hearts. We know it is the charge of the sons of God in embodiment of the Christ's on the path of discipleship. Now many of our beloved Christian brethren, those who are Jews and Muslims who have really touched the white fire core of their own path of religion, have become very conscientious about following those instructions, and some overly so to the point of zealousness and an inordinate zeal. And so you find people who very bravely stick out their necks to challenge immorality, misuse of the media, pornography in television, and they have received a horrendous backlash from the liberal establishment. You have found that some pursue this not from the point of the Holy Ghost, not from the point of the diamond, but from the point of self-righteousness. And when it is done from the point of self-righteousness, then you find that the individual is vulnerable. And therefore, when you challenge, you always challenge when you are impelled by the Holy Spirit, not because you yourself may be justified by your own righteousness, but that all people, if they are converted from sin, will be justified by their own mighty I Am presence. And this is the great victory of God that we are not justified by ourselves, but of him who is the one with us, the elect one, the eternal Christ. And on the basis of that Christ, we, though we may be imperfect, may challenge unrighteousness across the land and take a very strong stand. Many times the stands that people take for or against the nuclear freeze, for or against abortion, for or against drugs, is not based upon the point of contact with the Holy Ghost, but a set of opinions on the one side or the other with which they have become familiar and aligned. This does not give their cause power. What we want to do is take that stream, that diluted stream of self-righteousness on the right and the left of the human spectrum, we want to purify the stream. We want to find the points of truth. We go to the right wing, we find points of truth. We go to the left wing, we find points of truth. And in either side, we find distasteful the personalities of self-righteousness who proclaim whatever they are proclaiming in a sense of superior knowledge, superior status, superior whatever they think they are that is better than other people. And therefore, it has been my great appreciation for beloved El Moria not to have to align myself with the right or the left wing. Patriotic, but not of the right wing. Patriotic, but not of the left wing. Loving people and the desire to help them, but not encamped in the midst of socialism or communism or the welfare state. For the free enterprise system, but not defending monopoly capitalism. You find yourself then standing with Pallas Athena, who is the one who unleashed her mighty sword to declare the coming revolution in higher consciousness in 1976 in Washington, D.C. In a magnificent introductory dictation to that conference, she announced her stand. And so we always go back to Pallas Athena and the mighty sword of truth. My right then being God's right rather than the human right. Discipleship then in action does defeat the foes, sharpen one's abilities, and establish those reserves within us whereby we do respond when El Moria calls, when Kuthumi calls, when Dwal Kul calls, we say, I am come, Lord, I am here. What will you have me do this day? I commend you then to the path of action within community and to the searching of your own resources, my heart's resources, the master's resources, as to how you can fulfill your highest potential professionally as a son of God, professionally in the field that appeals to you, 
and also lay upon the altar that gift and that work which will count for grace, count for putting you ahead by the resurrection flame when you conclude this glorious life on earth. And we all hope, of course, that this is the last time we have to do it. <laughs> There's a lot there. I mean, I think that the, the, the calling comes to everyone. And whether or not we answer is our free will choice as always. Well, I think, it, as Mrs. Prophet <clears throat> mentioned, you can't answer out of fear. No. You know, that, boy, I better do this or I'm going to be in trouble. Um, there can be only one motivation for answering the call, and that is love. It's the love of God, the love of his will, the love of your your own God presence within you, the love of other people. And it may be your immediate family. It may be a, your family of earth. I mean, if we look at the suffering on planet earth, it's always, what can I do? And, you know, some are very active in the outer and thank God they are to meet the immediate physical needs of those in pain and loss and so forth. But we have to be motivated by helping others. You know, God is in pain on this planet in his sons and daughters of God. And so there has to be that motivation of love. Why? Because the first time you encounter opposition, we're likely to turn away. You know, hey, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, the book that I think the masters have recommended strongly, and I know has had a profound impact in my life, is The Imitation of Christ. And there's a chapter in there about many want to follow Jesus, basically, when everything is going great. But when Jesus isn't there anymore, hey, what's happened? What's <laughs> yeah. going on? So what is our love? Because we will be tested, and things will not be perfect. But it takes a fire and intensity to change things on planet Earth. Many have tried that without our awareness of God, and unfortunately, they've been very often taken away, taken out. But when you have the sponsorship of the Brotherhood, when you have a sponsorship of Archangel Michael, you can do things you could not do otherwise. And that you could not do alone. Indeed. You know, I think that's one of the things that we come up against many times in our paths is that from one perspective, the calling can seem a lonely activity. But in fact, we've got the angels, we have the masters. I mean, we, we have a an army right, with the wind in our sails. And if we just remember that we're not alone, a lot can be accomplished. But sometimes you're alone until you take that stand. And I think, was it last week we heard about Jesus in the garden? Yeah. Until he took the point, said, never, you know, let this cup pass from me if it be thy will, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Once he took that stand and that direct declaration, then the angels were able to rush in and help in him. But that's, we'll reach that point too, when it will feel very lonely. And um, we have to know who we are and what we're doing and where we're going. Well, the masters and the angels will never abrogate our free will. You know, there was a, uh, there was a sticky note that just jumped right out at the end of uh, <laughs> what, what she was saying here. And I'm thinking it's, it's worthy of putting on the uh, bathroom mirror. I am come, Lord. I am here. What will you have me do this day? Hmm. I am come, Lord. I am here. What will you have me do this day? And be sure when you say that, it's with the knowledge that God is doing it. Yeah. In other words, it's very easy Good. sometimes to get in a point of self-righteousness. I'm a chosen one, you know. I'm Look pretty special <laughs> here. God, I'm going to do these things for God and so forth. You know, I must be pretty great, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's exaggeration. But it can yeah. be subtle. You know, I'm here to be your servant, God. And if that means sweeping the porch, so be it. If it means speaking to someone out of love to try and, you know, get them to understand, perhaps they might make different choices, mm -hmm. we do that too. And by the way, I wanted to make one comment, if I may, Tom, about sure. that Mrs. Prophet was reading about the accountability of the sons and daughters of God to challenge evil. And, you, you know, there are, there are times when you challenge it. We challenge it through our science of the spoken word, through our decrees and so forth. There are times when you do it in an outer way. But it's interesting that, um, you know, one of the... As we shared the past, we think one of the greatest dangers to America and to this planet is abortion. Uh, it, it's so serious to interrupt the divine plan of souls. And yet, St. Germain has told us we shouldn't go protesting on the outer. We should do our work spiritually. So it's always that knowing what is the right thing to do. It's yeah. not every case is everything. There are ways you do things and there are ways you don't do things. That's where the attunement and that's where as you move forward on the path and answer your calling, you're going to need that attunement. You're going to need that awareness to make the right decisions. Indeed. Well, we've got to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about judgment, kind of reserve, reserving that for the uh, final segment, and also a bit about an upcoming series on the path of personal crisis, because that's where the calling is leading. 
So we'll talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back once again. Thank you for staying with us. Today on The Open Door, we're talking about the calling. And the title of our show today was Many Are Called, But Few Are Chosen. And we've already discussed the fact that the choosing is done by us. It is our choice. And one of the concepts that has come into this discussion is the concept of judgment. I kind of want to expand on that a little bit because I think sometimes the judgment is not necessarily in the physical. We can judge through our prayers, our decrees, but the judgment is a process, an activity, something that we are very much personally involved with as we go through this life. Well, I think when you hear the word judgment, people get nervous. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, and, and lightning bolts coming from heaven or so forth. Like the final judgment. Yes, indeed. But I think we understand that the judgment is a good thing. It's a good thing for all of us. Because what it does, it separates the tares from the wheat within our own consciousness. In other words, there are people that are as the black as the black, the fallen angels who have repudiated God for tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. But they're also people that have both in them. I mean, we, we, I think that's safe to say of us. We have parts of us through mistakes we've made in energy that, that are the tares. And we have to be separated from them because we're not taking them to heaven. You know, they got to go. So the judgment is light and the judgment is love. Mm-hmm. Is The energy is love. So what? how does this work? Well, Mrs. Prophet talked about sometimes people have a catastrophic thing happen in their lives. And maybe for the first time in their life, they will say a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and and the judgment is a result of what they've done. God is not, quote, unquote, getting even. It's the return of karma upon us. And when that happens, we have a choice. Some people will shake their fist at God and get very bitter, which I don't recommend. No, it's um, not a good some idea. will say, look, God, I don't know what's going on. I made a mess of my life. I need you. I need you. And that can be the beginning of understanding. So thank God we are checked. I remember an old movie I watched where this guy was given unlimited power. And he started out doing modest things, but by the end of the movie, he was destroying the planet, you know. So it's a good thing that our, our, our human motives are, are checked sometimes, and that's how we learn. We learn by getting our hands slapped. It's just the reality of life. So the judgment is a good thing. So what the, the judgment does, we all have a final judgment, so to speak. And for those that have pursued the light and served the light, they stand on the dais, the court of the uh, sacred fire, and the light come, the ascension flame comes forth, the light, and if they're of the light, it gives them eternal life. And that same fire will come forth when those that have chosen not to be light for eons and eons and eons, it's the same fire when it comes forth because there's no light in them, it consumes that which is unreal and then they are no more. Is there actually a court of justice? Well, it's the same fire in the same place that you make your get your ascension or go for the final judgment. And yes, and what was that movie some years ago that came out where they had a trial? Defending Your Life? Defending Your Life. Oh, it yeah. was kind of funny. But the reality is everybody gets a trial there. The, <laughs> the fallen angels get a trial. Yeah. When Lucifer and Satan went on trial, went there, they got a trial. 
you know, and they had an advocate, so to speak. I wouldn't want to be defending Lucifer or Satan. <laughs> but the, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to be getting too whimsical here. But what what we're saying is that the, we the God is the judge, but we are required to call forth the judgment because God has given the earth to us and the domain. And if we don't call forth the judgment, that these fallen angels will go on forever. It's, you know, maybe not forever, but a lot longer than they have to. Right. And so that's why we make the call. But it's not, you know, God, we want you to zap that person. A person may be <laughs> judged and live to be 90 years old. You know, that that's God's doing. We don't we don't get involved there. But because of the law of octaves, we have to call forth the judgment. And we have a judgment call. And the wonderful thing about the judgment call, the first, when you make that, the judgment comes to you first. It separate, helps you to separate the tares from the wheat. The judgment is love. So when you call for the judgment, you're calling forth love and deliverance from your, within yourself and others, that which is unreal. And we never call for the judgment of individuals. We call for the judgment of actions. So that action may be tried by the fire. Yeah. And um, it's a complicated process, but it's not to be feared. It's to be embraced by the light bearers and remembering that this is, the judgment is for our liberation and it is required of us to call forth the judgment so that it can happen on planet Earth because we've been given dominion over the Earth. Yeah, I think that one of the concepts that we hear quite often is that the judgment comes to to judge the works yeah. that we have accomplished, yeah. whether they be worthy or not. Yeah. Tom, can I uh, uh, touch on uh, one of our talking points that we put together for the program? Well, let me think about that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, it says here, what about resistance from family members, orthodox oh, yeah. authority figures, and peers? Um, this is something that anybody who's a quote-unquote a light bearer and is going to be stepping out, according to God's holy will, at some point to take up the path, is going to, they're going to receive opposition from those that are the closest, you know, the family members and within the church, the orthodox authority figures, and, and also your peers. How do we deal with that? I mean, can I just kind of throw that out? Uh, well, I, I think one way you deal with it, you know, when you become a keeper of flame, you know what the motto of the keeper of the flame fraternity is? To know, to, 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 do, to, to do, to dare, dare and, and be, to silent. be silent. Yeah. So you don't have to go around waving a flag, you know, and, you know, dressing in sackcloth and ashing or whatever you might do. In other words, you know, you don't have to go all forth and invite persecution. Let's put it that way. You know, and everything's got to be motivated for love. And if, if. You know, it may be one thing in your family, but in an outer way, I mean, I never went when I worked in the bank and went there and, you know, preached to them about reincarnation and karma. It just <laughs> was not appropriate. You know, God wouldn't expect me to. That would be embarrassed, God, if I did that. <laughs> so you have to know when to speak and when not to speak. And, you know, we have a lot in common with our Christian brethren. Yeah, Jesus is my savior, you know, yeah. and we may not look at it in the same way as they do. In other words, there are times when you, you have to speak the truth, and there are times when you don't have to make a situation worse. I think, you know, in a, in a close family, then obviously you have to be open and honest. I mean, we were watching a movie the other day, um, Case for Christ, and it's about it. this reporter that his wife became a Christian. He didn't like it because she changed, and he was really mad about it. Mm -hmm. And so he, the story is he goes out and tries to disprove the story of Christ and ends up being converted himself. Right. But, but the point I'm making here is, you know, you have to be understanding of family members and others. And I know uh, a woman asked um, Mrs. Prophet once, you know, I'm in the church and my husband doesn't believe any of this and on and so forth. Should I divorce him? Yeah. <laughs> and Mrs. Prophet, is he a good provider? Yes. Is he, is he good for your kids? Yeah. She says, well, why would you divorce him? You know, in other words, respect his path if he wants you to respect, if you want him to respect yours. Exactly. So, you know, what I'm saying is it can be a challenge sometimes because people, especially those close to us, don't want us to change because it kind of puts them in a different light. So, but you can use discretion, harmony, peace, and, you know, there will be times when, when you have to take a stand. Well, sometimes I think our loved ones want to protect us from ourselves. It's almost as if they think we're going down the wrong path yeah. and we made a, a bad choice and that they want to protect us, save yeah. us, if you will. Yeah. And we have to understand that and have compassion towards them. Yeah. But, you know, there are ways to do this to, to minimize that. But ultimately, you know, they'll have to choose if they can live with whatever choices you make and vice versa. So God's will be done. I, I think Elizabeth Clare Prophet told told one lady one time, you, you leave you leave him alone. She was referring to, you know, her husband. Yeah, you know, who didn't follow the church. Who didn't follow it. You leave him yeah, alone. Yeah, let him be, you know. Yeah. Stop trying to convert him. 
<laughs> oh. Well, you know, the conversion, if we stick with it, ultimately leads to our merging with our I am presence and our Christ self. And we have coming up a series on the path of personal Christhood, which all of this is dovetailing with. I mean, all of this is focusing on that particular path, the path of the ascension, the path of personal Christhood. So I want to say a few words about that before we maybe close the show well, today. Well, I think, you know, it, it's one thing to understand that we are intended to put on our Christhood as Jesus did. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big step to understand that's part of the path, but now what do I do? <laughs> you know, I, here I am, and I don't feel like the Christ, you know. And the way I react and deal with things, well, as we shared before, it's incremental. Well, but this, this I mean, we go back to this many times. This was Jesus' mission yeah. to tell us that what he did, we could do. Exactly. He was not the exception, but the rule. We, uh, we say that many times, but that's really what this is about, is that you have a right to embrace this birthright. This is where you're supposed to get. It's a path that is there for us. And what I love about this teaching on the path of personal Christhood is, you know, this is a how-to. You know? <laughs> exactly Because right. I can tell you, if I could have figured it out by, by myself before this, I wouldn't be here. So obviously I couldn't. <laughs> I need this help. I need this direction. I need an understanding. We all do. And that's the beauty of these teachings because, you know, sometimes we have to deal with difficult things on this planet. This is this is a wonderful thing. It's a glorious thing. It's the what we have been called for, not only in this life but other lifetimes. It's here. It's available. Let us integrate it in our worlds and let us, you know, we can make tremendous progress in a short period of time yeah. by using these teachings. But get started. Yeah. Well… Terry? <laughs> Where are we located? Yes. <laughs> if you would like to reach us, dear dear hearts out there around the planet, we are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. Thank you, brother. And uh, again, you know, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. God bless everyone. Talk to you next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.